You are Locked On Boston College, your daily podcast on the Boston College Eagles, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome, welcome. This is Locked On Boston College. I am your host, AJ Black. On today's show, we're going to give you an update on the coaching search. Also, we're going to look at a position preview. We're going to start positioning ourselves into spring football. We're going to look at quarterbacks, and I'll give you a little bit of some news updates on Boston College sports. So let's kick it off with the news. There wasn't really a ton of news on Monday, but the big news in terms of baseball is that BC is ranked for the first time since 2016, almost five years since the last time BC baseball is ranked. Now, they won two of three against Duke on uh, this weekend, and they obviously swept Charleston Southern, so they're 5-1 and one with two top 25 wins. So they're up to number 18 on Baseball America's ranking system. Now, I know there's a million other ones. You can go to D1 America. You can go to, I think it's like the perfect game. There's all different ones. I just went with Baseball America because I, I know they're a trusted source. And they have been 18. And so that's that's big news for Boston College. You know, for a, a school in a program that just a few years ago seemed to be just like in the dumps that was not playing very well in ACC play, that looked kind of, again, just like basketball, kind of listless, like it wasn't there. For them to turn it around so quickly and become a contender, to become a a threat in the ACC, is a big deal. And it shows you where this program is going to go. And and, and with the funding and with the facilities behind BC Baseball, they could really take this team far and really start building a program that could catch the attention of Boston fans. And as I've said before, you know, you'll, you'll never beat the Red Sox. Obviously, that's not going to ha- ever happen. And it will probably never beat, like, the Woo Sox. But think of it this way. For the for the baseball fan that doesn't want to spend, you know, $75 a ticket for a Red Sox game and $30 for concessions and $50 for parking and then having those seats that are terrible to sit in and just just uncomfortable at Fenway Park. You could spend, you know, $300 to go to a Red Sox game or you can spend 10 bucks and go see BC baseball and see a team that's good. I think that's a big issue. That's the big thing here, right? Boston fans are, are fickle. They want to see a team win. So, maybe this 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 start of something special here for for BC. So, we'll have to keep an eye on them. BC women's basketball start their ACC tournament bid on Tuesday, on Wednesday, a 2:30 start for BC, and that game will be on Nesson. So Nesson Plus. Sorry, it's a two o'clock start. They're playing in Greensboro, North Carolina, at the Greensboro Coliseum, and they're playing against the 11 and six Pitt Panthers. Now, the last time these two teams faced off, it was a great game. It was at Boston College. It was a game where Taylor Soul scored 27 points. However, BC still lost by three eighty three to eighty. So even though the records are very different, Boston College is six and eleven, Pitt's eleven and six. Don't count out the Eagles in this game. If they can put together a complete game, maybe they got a little bit of uh, some upset in their blood for this one. So check that game out. That's on Wednesday and that will be on the Nesson Plus channel. Now we'll start talking basketball news and in, in looking at the uh, coaching board in just a moment. But the big news for uh, watching, we're going to start candidate watching, right? Because you're getting into this, the time of the year where coaches that we might be looking at, 
their seasons are ending. And there may be coaches that, you know, that might be the moment where they decide to sign with Boston College. So on Monday night, the big shocker was St. Bonaventure that was the ACC, not ACC, A-10 champion in the regular season lost their opening round matchup against St. Joseph, which is not a very good team. And so Mark Schmidt is now possibly not even going to make it into the NCAA tournament. Now, I mean, if you'd looked at them last week, you figured they were going to make a run in the A-10 and get a couple wins and secure themselves. Now they're a bubble team. And, you know, the A-10 is not a, a very attractive team for uh, conference for the, the judges. So there's a possibility Mark Schmidt's season could be over. So there's one name to watch for. Now, football recruiting news is something else that has popped up quite a bit. Micah Wing, who I saw 247 Sports, had two crystal balls pointing towards Boston College. He's a defensive end from Delaware. And uh, someone I, we have an interview with him up on BC Bulletin, if you just look up uh, Micah Wing. Um, he was projected to go to BC, but he just got an offer from Virginia Tech. Now, obviously, Virginia Tech is a school that can poach re- recruits from BC. So we'll have to see if those crystal balls that the, the 247 guys put in stay where they are or this new offer will cause uh, some some interest for BC. So we'll, we'll have to check out that out. That's Micah Wing. Also in recruiting news, I like to always look at local recruits. Dante Reno, a pro-style quarterback from the class of 2023. He's from Fistdale, Massachusetts. He just received his offer from Iowa and Georgia Tech this weekend. So a local recruit that's starting to get a little interest. Now, as I said earlier, he's the class of 2023. So this is a kid who may be going against William Watson, who's going to be a four, maybe even a five-star recruit out of Springfield that Boston College is, is in heavy with. I've heard he's got a lot of connections to the program. On top of one of his wide receivers already committed to BC, Joseph Griffin, um, who's coming in next class, 2022. So Reno's a name to watch for because he may not be the number one quarterback they go for in 2023. But if they lose out on Watson, who has offers, I think, from Oregon and some major programs, Michigan, um, Reno might be the name they go for. Now, as I just said, he had offers from Tech in Iowa. He also has an offer from UMass. We'll have to keep an eye on that one. So that's a, that's a local recruit. Uh, he does not have a ranking on 247 Sports yet, uh, but he's a name definitely that you're going to want to keep an eye on. And my final piece of recruiting news has to do with Sam Martin Jr., who is a running back from Staten Island, New York. He goes to New York, excuse me, who goes to Paramus Catholic. He's class of 2022. Released his top seven, and it does not have Boston College in it. It had Syracuse. It had West Virginia, UMass. Now, he had a Boston College offer. I think it was from Steve Adazio's class. So as I like to, I only brought him up as a kind of caution again that sometimes kids get these offers and they're not committable. Okay, so he may have gotten an offer from the previous class. There may be kids also that halfway offers that they're not gonna. They might not put BC in their top seven, and it's because they're they're not in the right spot for BC to you know continue moving on with. Just saying that before you start seeing UMass fans thumping their chest about that, that I'm guessing this is not BC moving forward with their commitment uh, recruitment of him. If you want more recruiting news, I have um, there was a kid from Canada, uh, a linebacker who put BC in his top eight. I have him up on an interview with him up on the site. His name is um, Edwin Kalange, and I'm just gonna say this. 
name to watch for because he seemed very high on Boston College and he has a very deep connection with a coach on Boston College. So you want to check that interview out. I'm not going to get into everything with him, but it was worth um, talking about for that. So check that out. Now, in a moment, I'm going to talk a little bit about basketball. Let's get into where the coaching search is at. We're into week number two now, and I want to give you an update on where I think Boston College is at and where um, the the reasonable uh, coach options are still around. But first, I want to talk about our friends at rockauto.com. Are you in the process of doing any work on your car? Are you looking for auto parts to do some uh, repairs or any maintenance on your car? Don't go to those other dealerships or big box stores to get your your car parts because they're going to charge you more than 20, 30, 40% more than what you would get at rockauto.com. Rockauto.com is a family business serving auto parts customers online for 20 years. Just go over to rockauto.com to shop for auto body parts from hundreds of manufacturers. And this is for everyone. If If you have something that you're looking for, whether it's brake parts, tail lamps, motor oil, and even new carpets, they can take care of you. They have a great catalog, super easy to use. You just go in, put in your make and model, they'll tell you what they have available. Now, best of all, rockauto.com is always reliably low for prices, and it's the same for professionals and do-it-for-yourselfers. Now, head on over to rockauto.com now and see what parts are available for your car or truck. And make sure to write Locked On in their How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. rockauto.com Now, we're covering everything you need to know about the Boston College Eagles, but what about the rest of sports? Now the Locked On Podcast Network has got you covered there as well with Locked On Today. It's hosted by the great Peter Bukowski, and it's all the sports news you need every morning in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to the Locked On Today podcast wherever you get your podcasts. This is Locked On Boston College, AJ Black. I am the editor and publisher of bcbulletin.com, part of the Fan Nation and Sports Illustrated Network. You can check my workout at bcbulletin.com. You can also find me on Twitter at AJBlack underscore BC. Now, we have talked for almost two weeks now about BC coaching search candidates. And we know now that BC is using a search firm to kind of finalize where they're at, see what coaches have interest, look ahead to see uh, you know, where, where those matches are going to be. And now, instead of just naming candidates, we can kind of hone in about which coaches make sense at this point and where BC may have connections and where they could probably move forward with some of these names. So first of all, some of the names that we've talked about, I think have to be eliminated. Okay. And here's the reason why I think some of the coaches that we talked about would have been hired already by now. If Boston college was truly interested in them, the big one I I would say would be John Beeline. If he, he's not doing anything right now, if Boston College made him an offer and he was interested in coming to Chestnut Hill, they would have had him. It wouldn't have taken two weeks. They would have got him right away. I don't think they need to use the search firm to figure that piece out. So John Beeline, to me, is probably something that's not going to happen. Same thing with Ed Cooley. I think Ed Cooley is pretty much done for the season. I think he's another one. And I thought he was... You know, he was a name that I saw poking around. I didn't want to put him on my list. Um, I just I just kind of entertained the, the notion. I don't think he's a, a, a candidate either at this point. I'd put him on the low probability list. 
and or are gone. Rick Pitino, I never thought was a, a candidate. I know some people wanted him to be here. I don't think he was coming. Another name that popped up that I threw on one of my lists, and I had him as a real low possibility, and I have not heard any buzz about him from anyone or any of my sources have, have really brought his name up, is Bill Cohen. Now, I mentioned before, he's a 60-year-old coach. I, and he doesn't have the pedigree that to bring in a 60-year-old coach to bring, to fix this team. Just didn't see it. Didn't see, didn't make a lot of sense to me. So I eliminated Bill Cohen from my list. Now, there's a, a bunch of names. And Howard Isley. Howard Isley's another one. I, I, I know a lot of fans really want him to come here. And and he's good. I mean, if you want to you want to rip on me for being wrong, I I needed more time to think about that one because he does not make as much sense as I thought he did when I told you earlier that I thought he would be the next head coach because I think there's some other candidates that have a lot of the qualities that he has but are much more polished and much more ready to take that step. So I'm going to put Howard Isley on my not happening list at this point. I just don't see it happening. Um, they need to make a bigger splash with this. He's he's a lower coach in terms of on the on the pecking order at Michigan. He hasn't been like an associate head coach. He's just getting into the college scene. I just he doesn't make sense to me, based off of what Boston College is looking for in a coach. And believe me, he could he could easily turn around and become a good head coach in a couple of years. It's just Boston College doesn't have the time to wait for that. They need a big coach now. So I don't think it's going to be him. Oh, and I forgot to leave off three names that Mark Blauchin keeps pushing that I don't think are even legit candidates. And that's Tommy Amaker, John Thompson, the third, which I don't know why he keeps bringing him up. And Paul Hewitt, uh, who was used to coach for Georgia tech like a decade ago. I feel the need to bring up his candidates because some people just take, uh, Blauchin's word as gospel. And from everything I've heard, none of these candidates are realistic. I don't know why he keeps bringing him up. But that's just my piece on that. So just keep take those and throw those in the trash. There's still one name that I would put near the top if they can get him. But I guarantee at this point it's been kind of hard to connect with him. Basically he's still playing. And that is Porter Moser of Loyola Chicago. I think he would probably be near the top of Boston College's list right now if he reciprocated their interest. I don't know if he has. So that's a tough, that's a tough one for me to read. I can't get the tea leaves right on that one. Now, the backup plans right now, in my mind, are Mark Schmidt and John Becker. Now, the head coach of St. Bonaventure, he he would be able to do it, as I've said before. He's a coach that's solid. He's done it a lot with a little at St. Bonaventure. He took a program that was completely in the dumps and brought them up to a NCAA tournament team. Would be a good, fine hire for Boston College, but he kind of is what he is. He's not anything special or flashy and I'm not sure that's what Pat Kraft is looking for so he's a backup to me Becker same thing like kind of a guy that's won but not really done anything at a higher level I just can't see him doing it so that leaves in my mind two names that would be Micah Shrewsbury of Purdue and Dennis Gates of Cleveland State now I know most of those names both of these names may not be the most flashy names for a Boston College head coach and, you know, they they both have a bit of risk to him. But for me, the number one candidate right now, based off of everything I've read, if, if the, you know, 
if if it's between these two, I would pick Dennis Gates. I think he's a better coach. He's got more experience at at a higher level. He took Cleveland State, a, t- a team that had been a complete disaster, and made them into a solid program. He recruited well at Florida State, bringing in tons of talent to the Seminoles program. Uh, he's young. He's energetic. He's African American. He has connections to Boston College. His wife works there. Uh, he has a lot of those boxes that you want to check for BC. And all it would take for him to overcome the no wowness factor that you don't get like that they got with Jeff Halfley is to get him in front of the a Zoom meeting for season ticket holders in an introductory press conference and let him talk cuz I think he has it. He just needs to get in front of a group to do it. Now cuz because if you told me before you knew who Jeff Halfley was and before you saw him and heard him talk that he was going to be the way he was, you'd think he'd be a good coach. I mean, think about it a year before that. No one even knew who Jeff Halfley was, and he came in here and did great things, right? Dennis Gates is a different type of coach. He's got experience. You just don't know much about it. But he may be the next Jeff Halfley. He's 41 years old. He is young. He's very energetic on the sidelines. Um, he's a good recruiter. He's He hits those boxes. So for me, Dennis Gates is my guy right now. And honestly, I would put him almost above Porter Moser at this point, even if Porter Moser was available. The one name that if he can, if they can still steal him, and I, I again, I put him at my, it's not happening, but maybe miracles will happen. Kevin Willard of Seton Hall, if they can get him to, to leave, he'd be my number one. Um, I think he has everything you want, and he's experienced. He's polished. He's got everything. I just don't. I just don't see that happening. So he goes into my list of not happening. And another name that I've seen pop up a few times that d- it, it just like red flags everywhere is Chris Mooney of of Richmond. Richmond is not a very good program, and he would be one of those coaches where he would leave, and the fan base that left he left would be excited that he left. I don't want Chris Mooney here. I still, th- I still wonder though. You know, I, I have some connections. I've talked to some people. I wonder if there's some names that we haven't thought of. Like we've heard, like John Shire's name thrown around, the associate head coach at Duke, uh, the associate head coach at UVA. I don't have his name in front of me right now. I wonder if any of these coaches might be someone that maybe we're not even thinking of that may end up being a candidate for Boston College because. In a coaching search, a lot of times you get a Jeff Halfley, and everyone knows that Jeff Halfley was like number one, and it was it was there all along. But this one seems more more cloudy, and so maybe Boston College ends up with a coach we haven't talked about yet. So keep your ears open. I, I still I still half expect that some afternoon Pete Thamel is going to tweet out because of course it's going to be Pete Thamel that breaks the. It seems like he's always the one. Uh, that it's going to be some name that we hadn't talked about. And like, whoa, oh, that makes a lot of sense. We hadn't thought of that. So we'll have to keep our eye open on that. Now, in a moment, we're going to chat about the quarterback position as we start breaking down every position heading into spring football. I'm going to give you a little brief overview of the quarterback position, talk to you about some of the players and what we can look for this spring. But before we do, I want to talk to you about betonline.ag. Do you like to place a little wagers on some of the games of the week? There's no better place to go than betonline.ag. It's the only place the Locked On Network trusts when we make our gambling wages. Betonline.ag, it's free to sign up, and they give you an industry-best 
50% welcome bonus when you sign up on your first deposit. Now they've got the best news, the best updates. You can find it all on betonline.ag. You can bet on NBA, college basketball, NHL, and Major League Baseball as they start kicking in. All you need to do is sign up, and if you use the promo code Locked On, they're going to give you a 50% welcome bonus on their site. So head on over to betonline.ag. Your online sportsbook experts. Welcome back. This is Locked On Boston College. AJ Black here. Now, yesterday I had mentioned that, and I, I got too excited. I shouldn't have mentioned it too early. That Sean Marshall was going to be on Wednesday's show. I have to tell you, his we had a little uh, miscommunication on dates, so... His uh, interview is going to come, but it's going to come at a different time. So we're going to have to hold off on that. I apologize for that um, um, mistake or, or miscommunication. So Sean Marshall not coming on tomorrow. Now let's look at football. It feels like we don't talk about football hardly ever anymore on the podcast. But let's talk about it. So spring football is opening up soon with Boston College getting back to practice. They've had an a, probably a very well-deserved last couple of weeks off, almost two months, probably two two and a half months, to, for these players to to relax, you know, nurse their wounds, get themselves healed up for the next upcoming part of their season, and get to spend time with their families, which I thought was really important. Now, when they come back, we we have, some, as I said last week on one of our shows, we looked at some of the position battles. Now, I want to look at position groupings. I want to talk about my thoughts of each group as we kind of head into spring football. We'll start off with the most fun one, which is the quarterback position. Now, this year, out of any year in, in years past, is is the most established Boston College has been a quarterback. Now, heading into last year, you had no clue who the quarterback was going to be. Phil Dracovic, if you remember, still hadn't received his waiver. He didn't get that in for another seven months, I felt like, before uh, after spring ball. Uh, and you didn't know Anthony Brown had left. It looked like Dennis Grossell was going to be the quarterback. And that was where we were at. It was going to be either Grossell or, or Matt Valachi. Now, heading into this spring, you know it's Phil Dracovic. And hopefully everything, all the dings and, and, and injuries that Dracovic got in the last year should be all healed up. You know, he had a knee injury. He had a shoulder injury. He had a pretty tough year. And that was because Phil Dracovic, doesn't seem to shy away from any hits, which good for him. It just takes a lot of wear and tear off of you if you're if you're getting hit all the time. So, Djokovic will be back, and I think he has the possibility of being a top three quarterback in the ACC. And there's a lot of talent in the ACC this year. You have Derek King from Miami, who was fourth in the ACC in yards last year. You have DJ Ukulalalele of Clemson, who we saw firsthand, you know, taking over that Clemson juggernaut. He's a five-star, one of the top recruits of all time at his position. You know, he's going to, he'll continue to grow and he'll probably be really good. And then Sam Howell at UNC, as we saw last year, he's one of the most dynamic quarterbacks in the country. So, Djokovic will be right in that conversation, I believe. With the array of talents he has around him and, and uh, more time to continue to evolve in Frank Signetti's offense, I think Djokovic will continue to grow and become one of the best quarterbacks in the country. And I think it's not out of the realm of possibility that he could be on um, in conversations for 
you know, first team, second team All ACC. I would think. I I, I get a feeling uh, DJ or Sam Howell will be first team. But I think Dracovic should be right up there with them. So he's going to be ready. He's going to be. He'll you'll get to see him during the during the spring, and we'll get to talk to him, and that'll be great. Then after him is Dennis Grossell, who again I've mentioned this a few times. I'm still surprised that he stayed around after last year, and that's not a knock on Grossell. It's not a knock on the program. I just expected him the talent that he has that he'd want to go somewhere where he could start because clearly he has the talent to be good somewhere and you know all the credit i mean he's going to be a great backup for boston college like, you can't get better than garcell man you know the kid can throw he's got a good arm he's got good decision making i thought he did you know when he threw for 520 yards against uva uh in a spot start when jakovic went down I thought he did excellent, and that was, you know, when he was getting hit constantly. I think he's going to be perfect. And then after him, obviously, Boston College lost Sam Johnson the fourth, a quarterback who was a four-star recruit under Steve Adazio. He's in the transfer portal. Haven't seen where he's going to land. I don't know where he's going. Um, so he's gone, and he would have been probably your third-string quarterback. Matt Valachi, um, last year when they were having the the issues with Jakovic, not knowing where he was gonna if he was gonna be able to play or not. Valachi was in the conversation as a possible starter. It was at one point almost looked like it was gonna be a battle between Grossell and Valachi. I heard he has one of the best arms on the team. He'll probably step in to be the third starter, but he's gonna have some good talent nipping at his heels too, because you have behind him Dalen Menard, who is from Chaminade uh, high school in Florida. He hasn't really found his groove yet. Um, I've heard so much about the athleticism of Maynard and what he can do. Um, you know, he was he missed his senior year because of injury, um, but he has a lot of talent, so he may battle for that third position. And then you have a ton of ta- uh, young talent under that. You have Emmett Moorhead, who is six six. He's enormous. He's probably the tallest quarterback Boston College has. You know, he's a true freshman. I've heard he is got an enormous arm, um, and I've also seen some of his film, and I think he's a sneaky uh, get for Boston College at quarterback. He may not be as mobile as you'd want, and that's okay. That's This is not a, a team that thrives off of that, but he, he could really be a, a sneak um, starter at some point, you know, maybe after Dracovic leaves. So you're going to watch him. You have Andrew Landry, who is a um, – Preferred walk on, and then you have Matt Reeve, who is from St. Ignatius High School, who was one of uh, Jeff Hafley's first commitments last year. So you have a almost in one year, this quarterback room has been completely turned around from where Steve Adazio is at. If you look at it, Menard and Valachi and Grossell are the only ones left from Steve Adazio's time, and you have all these other new names and they're going to continue to build upon that. So this is a talented quarterback room. And I am always a big fan of watching the guys behind the stars because we know what Phil Dracovic can do. You know how exciting of a player he can be. I'm always interested to see what's behind him. Just just to see like what if something happens, what what, what, what do we have coming up? And if he leaves next year, what, what where is Boston College going to be? Because... You're thinking about where where Jakovic is this year. There's a possibility if he has a huge year, he could end up in the NFL. And then where does Boston College go from there? So it's always good to watch those backups. And the spring game is a perfect time to do that. So we'll have to see if Boston College does a spring game this year. So the quarterback room, you have talent, you have arm strength, 
you have some mobility, but not as much, not the mobility that you had under some of those Steve Adazio quarterbacks, which is fine. But there's a lot of a lot of talent there, and I think Frank Signetti, who is a quarterback coach first and foremost, will be able to get the most out of this group. And so we'll see what they can do and see you'll you'll probably see lots of talk about how well they're doing and they're going to have a lot of talent around them those wide that wide receiver room which we'll get into later this week they are one of the best I've seen at Boston College up and down they've got talent everywhere. And so you're going to see second and third team, you know, quarterbacks doing a lot because they you know, they're throwing at Taji Johnson or they're throwing to um Ethan Williams or you know, some of these new freshmen that they have, there's a lot up there. So we'll have to see how these quarterbacks do. So this is our first quarterback, our first positional preview heading into spring football. You know, we're going to, I don't want to say we're going to do this every day because some days there's so much news that I, I got to get into, you know, some of the big topics of the day, but I'm going to sprinkle in a positional uh, preview here and there to kind of get us ready for spring football because I am ready for spring football. And I know a lot of you are getting ready for the fall. And from everything I've heard, it looks like Boston College is going to be planning, hopefully, to have full attendance at some of these games. And I know a lot of people are really getting excited for that. So thank you for listening today. We will be back tomorrow with another episode where we'll we'll, we'll dive into some more BC sports. We'll look at and preview Boston College and Florida State, which have a basketball game on Wednesday evening. We'll review, uh, well, actually, we'll preview a little bit about BC women's basketball. We'll look ahead. Hopefully, we'll know who men's hockey is playing and any other news that has popped up during the day. So follow me on Twitter at LockedOnBC. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram as well. I hope you check us out there. And if you like us, Subscribe to our podcast. Make it part of your routine. As I've said before, you know, if you're doing dishes, if you are, you know, working and you just need some background noise, listen to our podcast. Make it part of it, part of what you do every day. We do this five days a week. It's something you cannot find anywhere else. There's other great Boston College podcasts, but no one else does it five days a week like I do. So I hope you enjoy it and we'll see you again tomorrow. Take care.